Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest podcast. I'm Bill. To my, I'm trying to see which side this is. To my right is Fox and, of course, Kyle, a.k.a. Cryobite33. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Fox, what are you up to? Um, right now, I'm loading up a bunch of things and benchmarking uh, once again across a whole bunch of different stuff. <laughs> oh man, yeah you you run a lot of benchmark stuff. Like how how many times have you done benchmark stuff on the deck so far? Um, I mean, I there's a bunch that are automated. Uh, so if we count that, it's hundreds of times. Um, but then there's stuff that I don't have automated because. I haven't figured out a way to automate it. So there's like things that are like standalone benches and stuff that are easy. But then there's other ones that I'm just like, I guess I could use auto hotkey and some other stuff, but I don't know. I just <laughs> do it myself. Is there uh, a yeah, version like, of auto hotkey for Linux? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not I'm, official now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Windows in my head. Well, yeah, like right before. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but he had a, uh, a device on his desk that was making a whole bunch of noise right before the show uh anyway uh kyle what have you been up to man what's what's new uh honestly the same benchmarks lots of benchmarks lots of uh graphs (laughs) (laughs) benchmarks and graphs Uh, these are two (laughs) things that i don't ever do in the content that i make i never do benchmarks i never do graphs i always appreciate it but about halfway through a benchmarks or graphs video my eyes just glaze over and i'm like i just i can't I'm just like, I just want to skip to the end and say, just tell me the, tell me, tell me the end of the story. Uh, I just, I don't care, but there's a lot of people out there that do. So if you guys are looking for benchmarks and graphs, make sure that you check out these guys' channels. Um, This is the Nerd Nest podcast where we talk about the video games that we've been playing as well as the video game news. Uh, We are short Russ and, um, and Richard today, they both had stuff that came up at the last minute, so they could not join us. But I'm sure that they'll be back last week, uh, next week, just like Cryobite couldn't join us uh, this week. If you are here for the very first time and you're watching this on our live uh, live over on the YouTube channel, uh, then make sure that you subscribe to the show on uh, podcast. If for no other reason than just to give us some a few extra downloads. And if you're listening to this and you're like, where can I be here for the live shows? Well, we do this on Tuesdays uh, in the afternoon over at nerd, uh, uh, nerdnest.tv or youtube.com slash nerdnest. Now, I'm looking at the show notes, and I see that both my – well, all three of us, none of us added anything to the show notes for what we've been playing. I haven't played anything this week that's new. The only game that I've been playing is more Resident Evil 4. I was fighting a certain boss. I won't say which boss it is because I don't want to spoil anything. And I just kept getting my butt kicked over and over and over. And the game was insulting. I said, hey, loser, maybe you should lower the difficulty a little. And for some reason, I was against it. I was like, no, I'm not going to lower the difficulty. I finally broke through got a little bit further and have, I'm still enjoying it, but I'm, I'm ready to, to be done with the game. Uh, even though I have really been enjoying it, but I haven't played anything new this week. Just, you know, the same stuff that I've been playing. But, uh, what about you, Fox? What have you been playing? Uh, so I once again returned to Minecraft legends, uh, and I played that for a few more hours, got a little bit more time into there. I've been, I've been enjoying it. It's, uh, in some ways it's like, you can feel like there is a deeper complexity to the gameplay. And then in some ways you can almost feel that it's, it's uber casual on an, on another layer. Uh, they give you copious amounts of time to 
like get anything done. So they're like, the village is going to be under attack by nightfall. <laughs> so set up base. And uh, it's super intuitive to set up, you know, camp and all the other stuff like um, offensive towers and stuff. And right now I only have limited stuff. So I have like towers that just shoot arrows at incoming mobs. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm like feeling it like it's it's slowly starting to build into more for me. But then after I finished it, I built one resource that allowed me to have get new resources like so you can get iron and gold and other stuff and they slowly uh give this out to you but i (laughs) i I wanted more and it's like you need more something uh lapis lazuli or something and i'm just like ah i don't have that so it's just uh it that's where i basically stopped playing but i i was really enjoying it and feeling it uh when i had played it a little bit further and got into the base building side of things uh i really want to play versus mode really bad i want to play like with people instead of just single player mm-hmm. yeah I, I i did lie i played a little bit of it but only the tutorial and i went through the tutorial i got to the part where you collect stone and then i got to the part where you collect wood and i think my phone rang or something ha- i got distracted oh i remember there was a friggin' earthquake like a mile from my house which is weird because i live in new york uh so there was a there was an earthquake that happened and I put the game down and I never got back to it. <laughs> so uh, I, that's definitely a game that I want to check out. Um, uh, Kyle, what have you been playing? Uh, nothing new. Uh, honestly, just Breath of the Wild in all of my free time. Um, I'm just trying to catch up on anything I might have missed before Tears of the Kingdom. So I think I've put, I don't know, probably 40 or 50 hours in in the last week and a half or so. Um yeah, just just trying to do everything. I just finished all the divine beasts. I'm at like 90 shrines and 120 Korok seeds or something. And I just started like a week and a half or two weeks ago. So I'm just trying to get as much done as I can before Tears of the Kingdom comes out. You've been going hard in that. That's that's a lot in you know in just a, a few days. Um, when you played it before, did you finish the? Uh, what what the heck is it? Uh, the the extra thing where you go in? It's like the challenge. The, the challenge trial of the sword yeah 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 trial of the sword did you finish that in hardcore mode because i did not i have not actually played master mode and i plan on doing it i plan on going back and doing it after uh, tears of the kingdom comes out now i don't know if you guys can remind me uh in breath of the wild you cannot play master mode from the start right uh i think you can can you? Okay. So if that's the case, I think Thanks. when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, I think I'm going to be playing in in master mode from the start because for me, not because I want the increased difficulty, I just felt like it forces you to play so much more aggressively and I really really like that. Uh Chalice DJ in chat says that you can. So thank you very much for that uh clarification, Chalice. Uh I really really enjoyed master mode a lot more than the other way because of because it forces you to be get aggressive otherwise the uh the enemies start to heal so you really have to be aggressive when you play uh carrie i can't remember did you play a master mode yeah so i beat the game once all the way through and then time passed and then both expansions came out before i played again and then when after both expansions came out i played again all the way through in master mode uh, and then also did trial of the sword of master mode. And that was like next level hard. Like that's, that's where at the end you literally have like sticks and stones and you're trying to take down, you know, the one eyed ogre. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you really have to maximize what you're doing around there. But you know, 
it's really it's almost uh soulsian like where it's um you're kind of doing paint by numbers eventually like you know what you need to do in that in that way because all the rooms are the same all the enemy placements the same so you're kind of just doing it over and over again just like perfecting what you're doing um there's only one like super hard part and it's like in the middle thankfully not towards the end is like two lizards um two lizard guys i don't lizard co's or whatever their their names are officially but they're super super tough because they're fast as all get out and you have to keep pressure on them or else they heal back to full and as soon as any of them start healing a little bit too much there is not enough weapons for you to do anything um meaningful so it's Mm. just like okay well gg even if you don't die you just have to restart um there's just nothing that you're going to get done there yeah well uh i mean we only got three weeks left until trial of the or not trial of the sword tears of the kingdom and my hype levels are through the roof but i am not touching breath of the wild again on like i'm done with that game i beat it twice i'm moving forward with my life with tears of the kingdom and i cannot wait all right Speaking of things that we cannot wait for, uh, I think that we need to talk about the Asus ROG Ally. Uh, It wasn't actually going to be in the show notes today, but then earlier today, a bunch of information came out about it. Uh, Carrie posted a video about it. I posted a video about it, although to be fair, my video I actually had recorded yesterday and I just posted it today. Um, But uh, first off, the price. Uh, There's an interview with... I think it was PC Gamer and one of the people who working on the Asus ROG Ally, they said it's 200%, meaning that they are absolutely sure that it will be below $1,000. So here's my discussion question, and we'll get to the other stuff that came out today. Um, do you guys think that they, because we know that there's two versions of it. Do you think that they mean one of the versions is below $1,000? or that the Asus ROG Ally as a whole will all be below $1,000. I know that we talked about this before, but now we have a little bit more information. So, Carrie, start us off. What do you think for the price point? Do you think they'll both be less than 1000 If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Uh, So um, I'm of two minds in this particular respect uh so the rog asus side of things the pricing is the premium brand so you have to always have that in your mind that they're going to be charging more for it juxtapose what i know what these pricings are from like a uh, minimum order quantity type of uh way so Mm. i can i can understand where that is but obviously i know more than the z1 side of things i personally think they're getting a better deal on the z1 having said all that there is some uh uh, some chat on the forum of discord and stuff that uh 200% 200% is a uh, specific number. Uh, and if they were saying 200 to indicate it's actually $800. So 200%, it's less oh. than $1,000 uh, is what a lot of people are, are riding on right now. Okay. Uh, so that's the, the Z1 that's- extreme is going to be $800 is what everyone is feeling in their gut. So we're just going to ride on that hopium. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Kyle? Well, actually, so... You're saying the Z1 Extreme is going to be $800? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. so the Z1 Extreme has already been uh, confirmed to be 512 gigabyte uh, mm-hmm. for its capacity. That's the only one that's there. And then the Z1, which looks like Phoenix 2, uh, is only 256 gigabytes of storage. Um, so, I I mean, I don't, I can't, Phoenix 2 is a very small chip. Um, so charging a bunch for that is ill-advised. Um, so... I don't know which way how they're going to navigate this. So that that's basically. I feel like ex, the Z1 Extreme should be eight hundred dollars. I personally was pegging it at nine hundred dollars myself prior to all this, though. So. Yeah, I was the same. I was I was like, it's going to be a thousand. Um, it surprises me the idea that the Z1 Extreme could be that price. So possibly the Z1 at six fifty. That way, it directly competes with the Steam Deck. What do you think about that, Kyle? Uh, I'm right in there with you. I think that it's going to start at 649 and the extreme is going to be either 799 or 899. It depends on what margins they can get on the order quantities. All right. So, all right. So uh, the couple of other things that we found out about it is that apparently it's, it's no longer like the, the, the weight of this thing has actually reduced by quite a bit. It was originally, uh, said to be, I think it was 681 grams, and now it's down to 608 grams, which is, I think, about 60 grams less than the Steam Deck. So it's actually lighter than the Steam Deck, which is, uh, I don't know if it's surprising or not. I mean, the, the Steam Deck is a big old chonker, uh, absolutely. Uh, but for 608 grams, do you think that maybe that's a mistake? Shouldn't they Shouldn't they beef it up a little bit more, make it heavier, and throw more battery in there, Kyle? Uh, I think, I mean, there's my opinion and what I think people are going to buy. Right. Um, <laughs> my opinion is, yes, I'm a big guy. I would like it to be heavier. I would like it to be more ergonomic and probably have a much larger battery than it needs. Um, but I don't think people are going to buy that. So many people already complained that the Steam Deck was too large and too heavy that going above that limit would probably like just rule out a lot of potential buyers. I feel like the people who complain that the Steam Deck was too large and too heavy are only the people who'd never put one in their hands. I could be wrong about that, but it's such a comfortable device when you're holding it. And it's so like the weight, the distribution is so well balanced. Um, Let's move on and talk about the uh, the screen without getting super technical. Fox has an entire video about why FreeSync is so important. So we don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but Fox, tell us about the screen that's in the uh, ROG Ally. I will touch base on that in one second, Bill. I just wanted to mention uh, Uzi38 in the comments uh, mentioned that it was not Phoenix 2 based on the CPU ID in the Geekbench. Shout out to Uzi38. Uh, I'm, I'm trying I to find it. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah. Yep, awesome. FYI, it might not be the Phoenix 2. There's a Geekbench run with the same Cupid. Oh, CPU ID. Okay, not Cupid. Yeah. <laughs> as as the Phoenix. Okay, so thank that's you, interesting. You, uh, uh, well, so what, to- what's your thought on that then? Uh, no, no, it's it's fine. It's just that when we were looking at it being like uh, 7540U, the, how they have it arranged, because it's almost their implementation of Big Little, it's not quite the same mm-hmm. as what Intel does with Alder Lake, where they're actually two different CPU UARCs. They're actually all Zen 4. It's just that two of them are full clock and potentially four are not full clock. There may be some discrepancies there. I don't really know specifically how they're arranging those Big Little side of things, um, but it's not that. So that doesn't really enter into it it's basically going to be six core 
regular Zen four. Um, so that's, that's basically it. Um, I can touch base on, on the screen thing again though. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, uh, basically very quickly, uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at this with VRR 120 Hertz makes a lot more sense because, uh, as we saw by the benches that they were AMD released today themselves between the Z one and Z one extreme, a lot of those games were not even hitting past 60 all that much. So when we look at it through that lens, especially when the VRR range is now confirmed to be 30 Hertz to 120 Hertz, uh, if we just think about it, if frame capping the display to uh, frame capping games to 60 and just letting VRR uh, sort it out between 30 and 60, you're going to have a much better experience without having to worry about really trying to fine tune anything or really trying to uh, must you know finesse any of the the internals to run in that and still have a very good time. Um, so that is super huge and kind of solves one of the problems that I had with 120 hertz because 120 hertz without VRR is a hard target and trying to get a consistent 120 on a low power device is uh, these are almost mutually exclusive ideas. So on older games, you can totally get that done. But uh, with VRR, this solves a big portion of that so that you can cover games that older games that can hit that or very well optimized modern games that can hit that. But you can also cover games that don't hit that and still be nice and smooth in between there. The other bit that we have to mention there is that because they are saying free sync, this implies it's EDP uh, uh, DisplayPort panel, which also implies that it's a landscape native panel, which is also excellent for Windows based gaming because older games like DirectX 8 and Direct, uh, DirectDraw will not run correctly on portrait based displays. Yeah, another thing that I really like about this display is that it's a uh, 500 nits of brightness. Um, I don't know if you guys remember off the top of your head, what's the brightness uh, on the Steam Deck? I think it's 400, isn't it? I believe so. Three or 400, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not the brightest screen. And so I really like that we're getting uh, a, a better screen in this device. Um, I like that it's 16 by 9. I know that there's a lot of diehard PC gamers that love 16 by 10 especially if you play retro games because it allows that screen to be just a little bit bigger but it always just kind of drives me nuts when i'm playing non-retro games and there's black bars on the top and bottom i feel like when i play a retro game i don't mind black bars nearly as much as i do when i'm playing an, an, another type of game uh, i will say i wish that the bezels were smaller or at least more well hidden because the bezels uh, on both the Steam Deck and on the Asus ROGL, I are still pretty big, especially when you're looking at, you know, bezels on a phone that are so tiny. I just wish that um, devices could could get there for uh, the bezel size. But a, a 1080p uh, landscape native monitor is going to free up so many problems. Uh, so definitely make sure you guys check out the Fox's video about the you know, just having the monitor on there. Uh, the last thing that I want to say about this is we have uh, it, the uh, launch event, which is happening on Thursday. I think it's a Thursday on Thursday, May 11th. Uh, here's what they have to say uh, over on their press release. The official ROG Ally launch event will be held on May 11th, 2023. Please tune in and learn more about the full specifications and pricing. I really hope that these pricing that the that carries pricing is accurate. Uh, the keynote will start at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I will be at work. Thanks so much, Asus. And uh, followed by a panel discussion with product management director uh, of gaming business unit from Asus, uh, the head of Xbox hardware 
and Frank as and the chief architect of gaming solutions and gaming marketing for AMD. This seems like a really big deal. And when you buy this thing, you get I think it's three months of Game Pass, right? That's what I heard as well. Yeah. Yeah, you get three months of Game Pass included with this. So it seems like Microsoft is trying to say they're almost trying to say this is the Microsoft handheld, <laughs> even though they're not the ones making it. Do you think that there's anything that can stop people from putting Steam OS three point whatever on onto this device? Either of you, uh, Carrie, go first. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, there. I don't think that there's anything um, fundamentally preventing anyone from installing Linux on this in any form or flavor. Uh, it's just about the manner of if you wanted to do Steam OS proper and hooking into all the things that the quick access menu does, you'd need to do that specifically for this particular thing. Chimera OS would probably be a better starting point. Uh, there's also Hollow, uh, Hollow ISO that you can use, but that's kind of a vanilla version of that as well. Um, but regardless of anything, Ryzen Adjust, uh, it, you can compile from source on Linux and get that up and running yourself. So in no shape or form would you be restricted from running Linux of any form in this and having the uh, handheld mode, this Steam Big Picture mode, run on the device to get a very Steam Deck-like experience. Awesome. Anything to add there, Kyle? Uh, not much. I think it'll be pretty easy to get Linux on it. It's easy to get Linux on anything. It's just uh, the nuances of hardware support. Um, yeah. uh, since they're probably in bed with Microsoft, I assume it's an X-input device for the controller. So Linux should already have native support for the controller. Touchscreen is a give me. Um, I mean, we're talking about the maybe the driver for the panel being off-kernel, but for the most part, it's it's stock Linux. Yeah, um, real quick, we got Latale Fantastic for Life in chat says, uh, uh, how do you think, how long do you think the Steam Deck will be supported for? I think the Steam Deck, personally, I think it's going to be supported for a, a very, very long time. Valve has shown that for years they have really wanted to push Linux as a an operating system. And the way that they, they, they tried it first with Steam Machines they fell on their face only because, in my opinion, only because Valve didn't have Proton to help them with that. Uh, so now it's clear that the Steam Deck is a winner. It's doing really, really well. And uh, it's going to allow Valve to keep pushing Linux and try and push Microsoft to the side as the de facto gaming operating system uh, over time. So I think it's something that we're going to see for a really long time, whether it's the Steam Deck or the next piece of hardware from Valve, the Steam Deck 2 or Steam Deck 3 or, you know, whatever else that they bring up. Maybe a Steam console, which uh, I think Carrie and I made a video about that a really long time ago uh, where we talked about the possibility of Valve shipping, uh, you know, a set-top box that goes underneath your TV and doesn't have to spend money on a, you know, you don't have to spend money on a screen and battery and you don't have to worry about heat issues. So I think that Valve will continue to support it for an extended period of time. Uh, Carrie, any thoughts there? Uh, no, I'm, I'm in alignment with you. I think that, that I see no, there's nothing on the horizon that says that they're going to be stopping support. And even with regardless of other hardware stuff, I think just the inherent upgrades to SteamOS itself, Proton and all the other stuff naturally follows to the, their, if they were to make it, uh, if the Steam Deck were be, to become an older device. Yeah. And uh, Kyle? 
Uh, honestly, I think they're going to support it for probably a decade. I think that's their minimum support. Um, they supported all those Steam machines right up until the Steam Deck launched. Mm. They were still coming out with uh, Steam OS updates, even on Steam OS 2, which was pretty awful, all things considered. <laughs> well, uh, the question is for all of you who are watching, let us know in the comments uh, down below if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. Uh, what do you think of the possibility of the price of the Asus ROG Ally? And whether or not you have a Steam Deck, are you interested in picking one up? I still have not made a decision for myself on whether or not I'm going to get one. Uh, but if I do, you guys will obviously be the first to know. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, there, our next main topic today. And I really, I love this. I love this topic so much. Uh, when the new consoles came out, we had so many scalpers out there by snapping them up with bots and stuff, stopping people like regular people like you and me from being able to get our hands on on these. Um, I was able to pick up an Xbox Series X because um, uh, mo mainly because I was following this guy on Twitter whose name I uh, escapes me, but he like knew when when everybody was going to get restocks and stuff. And I did like a trick with my phone and walmart.com and like did the right combination of things in order to get an Xbox. The only reason that I have a PS5 is because one of my listeners reached out and they said, I have a PS5. I will sell it to you at cost. And I said, okay. And they sold me at cost uh, a PS5. And that's because so many people were buying these things up en masse and then turning around and jacking the price up huge uh why so serious in chat is wondering if i'm talking about wario 64 it was not wario 64 it was somebody else um i just can't remember their name uh but it seems like uh you know the tables have turned and scalpers are struggling to sell the playstation 5 consoles because ps5 supplies have have finally returned to normal after all of this stuff Guys, I kn well. First off, do either of you guys have a, a PlayStation? Yes, I have. I have a PS4 Pro. I don't have a PS5. Okay, so uh, Kyle, did you did you pay f did you pay uh, above MSRP? I no, did. No it wasn't guilt. that high. I did, but it wasn't <laughs> that high. It was like maybe a hundred extra dollars at the time, and this was like a month after release. Oh, so you you were able to get yeah. one right away. I waited a really long time before I was able to get one. Um, these the 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 idea that scalpers are always like we're going to run into the same thing with the Asus ROG Ally is that there's going to be people who are scalping it. Um, the only reason that didn't happen with the Steam Deck is because of the way that Valve handled the launch of the Steam Deck was friggin' brilliant in my opinion. They said you had to have an account before we announced the Steam Deck. You had to have already spent money on that account on Steam at some point. And then it was just first come, first serve. You ordered your your system. And then as soon as it was ready, they shipped it to you. This is the same thing that happens with phones when Apple comes out with a new phone. I don't know how Google does it, but when, when Apple comes out with a new phone, you order one. And if you're fast enough, you get it sooner. And if you're not fast enough, you get it later. But they just take your money and they say, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on to, you know, we'll charge you when it's your turn and you will get your device. And you don't have to fight everybody by going to Best Buy or Walmart or Target or Amazon to try and click faster than all of the robots out there. So I love that this is happening. Uh, are you, 
uh, Carrie, are you experiencing any uh, schadenfreude from this? Ex- enjoying the fact that these guys are getting screwed just a little bit? I mean, I think we all, I think we all like yeah. enjoy that, don't we? Like, it's, I think it's a natural reaction. We like, oh no, the consequences of your actions. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's there's a part of me that is very happy, and it fills my soul in some way. Yeah, I I love this. So I I mean, this is not this segment is about the PS5 and the the fact that these the, these are over. You guys think we're going to run into the same exact issue? with the ROG Ally and, and other handhelds that as they get into stores and regular people who don't just shop on uh, online to, to get them? Yeah. Carrie? Um, it, it's, it's tough to say. It seems like Asus is very confident in their approach right now. Uh, I don't know to what degree the amount of supply that they're going to be shipping to these Best Buys, but they're talking about like a worldwide release. Yeah. Um, and we say that May 11th, like they're like, they're banging on all cylinders there. They got this all timed out. So I'm going to say that they've figured this out um, to some degree. Um, like basically they have a bunch of marketing information that's already done for them by the Steam Deck itself. So they're like saying, oh, they sold a million units in a year. And, and you know, they, they already have the roadmap kind of like paved for them. So it's like uh, potentially I don't see a, a problem here. Maybe in some stores they might have an issue, but... Uh, no, especially depending on the price. Oh yeah, that's true. If this thing is really, really expensive, then I, you know, scalpers aren't going to want to take the risk. Uh, Kyle, do you, do you think this is going to be, um, is this going to be a, a scalping issue? Uh, I think it will regionally, uh, some okay. places to get lower, lower order quantities somewhere like Australia or something, they'll probably get scalped there. But um, the EU and the US, it, it, it'll probably be just just fine here. Uh, this is where most of the units go anyway. And this is where they prioritize because they know they can get the most money in these regions. So I think I think we'll be fa- we'll be safe in the EU and US at least. Um, speaking of the uh, the, the PS5, uh, apparently PS5 hardware unit sales, according to Matt Piscatella on Twitter, says that they have now surpassed that of the PS4. 29 months into the market. Um, I find this to be really, really impressive. The PS4 just absolutely dominated last generation. And for the PS5, with all of the issues that they had keeping them on store shelves, the fact that they now, if you align them by, okay, if they both launched at the same time, the PS5, with all of the issues that it have, or that that it had uh, getting onto shelves has now passed the PS4 on a timeline basis. Um, do you think it's possible for the PS5 to be the best selling console of all time? Like it's just so insane how fast that thing is flying off the shelves and crazy to me. Kyle, what do you think? I don't think it'll be of all time, but I do think it'll probably beat the PS2 out. Um, I think it'll be Sony's best-selling console. Um, I don't think that they have a horse in the race when it comes to uh, Nintendo Switch or the Wii, for instance. Everybody has a Switch. Um, Some people have multiples. (laughs) Exactly. Some people have one per person in their house. You you have like maybe like one PS5 hooked up to your big TV or something. Um, unless you're like a really big fan. So I think that it's uh, much more normal to have a high quantity of uh, switches in one area. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The fact that the that the Nintendo Switch, like you buy one for yourself and then you get one for everybody in your family. Like for instance, I have one. My wife has a Switch Lite. My son has a uh, has a Switch. My daughter has one. Uh, my other daughter has one. Every like my, my everybody has one, but only the hardcore gamers like myself and my son. Like we have the the PS Five. So like my daughter does not have a PS Five. Like her boyfriend has an Xbox. Uh, the, the little one as series s series s uh, yeah yeah he's got the series s but um it, you're right it, like people generally only get one version of a console and everybody else uh is is picking up a a switch for everybody in their in their household carrie how many switches are in your household uh currently um five <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All Case right. in point. <laughs> yeah, we, I, we don't have anything else to say there. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Five. <laughs> All right. So, PS5 is selling really well, but let's let's move on and talk about um this is really interesting to me. Third-party device bans. It was not just Bungie, although I was having trouble finding the article about the other uh companies that were doing it. I know Activision was doing this as well. Um but we saw uh, we, we've had issues with cheaters in video games for a really, really long time. It's super frustrating. And I always applaud when companies just go through and ban a bunch of cheaters. Well, Bungie announced that they are changing their stance on, um, on third-party peripherals. Uh, here's what they had to say. Our community has grown increasingly frustrated by a form of cheating that uses third-party peripherals with the intent to manipulate the game client. These devices are plugged into a computer or console where they can, for example, execute simple scripts or trick the game into giving you extra aim assist. You'll note that we aren't calling out the services by name. The primary reason for that is we don't want to offer a bigger spotlight than necessary. Um... Bungie embraces the use of external accessibility aids that enable the experience that game designers intended, but will take an actions, including bans, uh, based on people who abuse these tools specifically to gain advantage over other players. So I like that they're banning cheaters. I'm always for banning cheaters. Cheaters ruin other people's uh, other people's experience in, in video games, and I can't stand it when that happens. But I'm, I'm just worried about false positives here. Um, ha- have either of you used any of these devices before in order to play games? Like I, I'm going to give an example. I had I don't know what the hell it was called, a Logitech G13, I think it was, which is like this little thing where you could put your thumb on a joystick and then your fingers were over keyboard okay. stuff, and like you could set macros so that you could hit a button and it would like press one and then press two and then press three or whatever. I never really thought of that as cheating. Uh, it was just a more comfortable way for me to play. Any of you guys ever use any of these? Uh, Kyle, start with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, what you described, uh, the original one was like, a, I think it was called an Estramo or something. I've yes, had basically had every iteration of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you could bind things. I mean, that's, I think the problem isn't the fact that they're trying to ban cheaters, but the very nebulous wording they're using. Because I mean, this controller right here, like the Ghoulie Kit Kong Pro, mm-hmm. it has a oh, macro right. function built in. It just has like a quick, like a quick mash function 
that's accessibility for people who can't mash, but is is that an unfair advantage to them? I don't know. So I like I hesitate to say that it's a good policy overall, and I don't know that they'll be able to keep up with all the third party peripherals to know what is legitimate or not. Uh, Carrie, how do you define um, how do you define uh, some like um, what's the word that you just said, Kyle? Oh, I can't remember macro. Uh, no. How do you define, uh, do you consider those devices to be cheating? Uh, the, the ones that, that Kyle is describing yeah. or the Nostromo itself? No, yeah. no, not at all. Uh, so, I mean, I have those types of devices as well. Uh, I mean, I get a bunch of them in, but they're really simple. And a lot of the things that you're going to be doing, like the macro stuff is like on a record basis. So it's recording your own input before you can do that. Or like Kyle was saying as well, like to make a button to be turbo. Um, so in those particular instances, I don't really see how those could be considered cheating at all because they're a bit clumsy. I think the ones that, you know, that they're probably talking about are the ones that are like um, recoil dampening or recoil, uh, anti-recoil of a, if a gun has that, like in any particular thing. They have, you can load a profile onto a controller on whatever game you're playing to respond, act differently that when you're holding down the, you know, the right trigger that it also auto aims down for you on the looking scope, um, which I... I guess would be like on natural movement uh, if it's very, very uh, programmatic like. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it. The worry is false positives. And I, I agree with that. But it's that's a delicate balance. And I don't know how you would navigate that. Um, it's a tough spot to be sure. Yeah. BPD in chat says they should just put all the people that they think are cheating into cheater lobbies and keep them distracted. Uh, if you boot them, they'll just find another way. And then Craig Joe uh, also talked about this. They said Kronos, which I guess is the company that makes this stuff, they already stated that they're already aware and implementing a workaround for third-party accessory detection. So it, it's it's always going to be a losing fight. I'm, and I guess here's my question to you know chat and anybody who's listening to the show: if it's always going to be a losing fight, is it worth fighting? I say yes, because I cannot tell you how many times that I've played a game and I've clearly seen somebody that's been cheating and it has ruined my my enjoyment because I'm like, well, I mean, maybe we would have won if that jackhole wasn't cheating, you know, but, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know if there's ever any way that they will actually like the good guys are going to win. I don't think that that's ever going to happen. Craig Joe in chat says it's a cat and mouse game. It sucks, but there's money to be made. It's very, fr- it's frustrating. And that's the thing I never even think about is that these companies are making money off paying, like people who are paying money to cheat. Um, so uh, any any last thoughts on that, Carrie? Uh, no, I mean, uh, outside of the things that we already discussed before, it's, it is a, it's a, it is a difficult situation to navigate. I do applaud them for trying to combat cheaters. Um, and I can also feel a bit of empathy for people that want to cheat. Um, I, I get the feeling like they're just getting housed on and they, they want an unfair advantage. Um, so it's, I, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's a tough situation. It is Kyle. Anything last, uh, any last words here? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah. It's, it's a delicate balance. And like you said, I think it's a fight worth fighting, but it's an uphill battle. One of my favorite things that I saw, it was when Guild Wars 2 
was first out is um, they found somebody who was cheating and they logged into his account and they basically like this is the devs. It might not have been Guild Wars 2. I can't remember, but it was a game. The devs logged into this cheater's account and took all of his stuff off, recorded themselves doing this and then deleted his character as like a warning to say, don't do it. And I always like it when they take a firm hand with cheaters, but I also really worry about false positives because once you delete somebody's stuff, man, can you ever get it back? Um, Speaking of can you ever get it back, I feel like I can never get back the time that I got fooled by watching this video of this incredibly realistic looking body cam footage that's a first person shooter it's called unrecord um we're we're all in a, a private discord together and somebody had dropped this in and i i took one look at it and i said that's fake 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 there's no way that that's an actual friggin video game i said it's fake no way and then it turns out that it was real so before we go any further, I'm going to ask chat to let us know in let us know in in the live chat. Did you get fooled? And be honest, okay? Uh, and Carrie, did you get fooled? Uh, no, because it. I, I saw the earlier implementation of it, and I saw that this was the next iteration of it. So I had the hindsight of being exposed to it prior. Oh, okay. Uh, what about you, Kyle? Did you get fooled by this uh, ridiculously good-looking video? No, I actually did not. Uh, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. But I can tell you that the shadows, to me, felt a little off. So I was like, there's something weird about this. And that's as far as my mind went, and then I learned it was fake anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not fake. It's well, it's yeah. like they were saying, this is gameplay, and I yeah. didn't believe them. I said, no, they're faking it, but it turns out it was real. So everybody else was doing uh, that. Like they were saying, nah, this is, this is nonsense. There's no way. And then they, they said, okay, fine. We're going to show you this no clip version where they're walking through walls and stuff to show that it's real. Um, Gem in chat says, when I first saw it, I was like, this is real life footage, but I did more digging on the screenshots of the game and changed my mind. Oh, wow. This is a game. And yeah, this is this is so crazy. It it just blows my mind how how much just the movement changes your perception of how real the game looks. Because if the game looked like this but didn't move like this, I don't think like I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have thought that it was fake even for a second because it was just it would have been obvious to me. But the movement is so convincing. Do you guys think that this is that that the real game is going to play like that or do you think that this is like a scripted sequence where they programmatically went through and said, you know, okay, at this point we're going to move the head a little bit like this or we're going to move the arms like this or do you think the actual game will feel like that when you're playing? Carrie um, so the, the dev studio that's doing this, they're actually pretty talented. The first iteration that they did of this definitely looks, um, like a game. In fact, the first iteration that they did, it was almost very FMV like, like almost like design wise, that's what they were going for. So even when they were like shooting the gun, the types of animation that was happening was reminiscent of like 
just um, almost like FMV, like in a in a shooting gallery game of mm-hmm. like just the the how it was happening. Um, and then with this updated one, it, it's far more realistic, especially when they have the cop calling for backup and putting his hand up over the 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 body cam, uh, the body cam itself, and yeah. just how they're doing everything, all the like the little bits of how that camera responds in real life, and taking a look at that and trying to match that. So I think that. They're going to the extra lengths of everything. Um, if it will play like that in the game, I'm sure there's going to be moments, and then there's going to be moments that are just kind of goofy and not like <laughs> well done. But animation wise, it seems really good. People in chat are, are saying, "Is this a VR game? Uh, I'd like to see this in VR." Kyle, I I don't think it's not a VR game, but. Would that convince you more that you want to like? Would you prefer this to be a VR game or a non-VR game? Uh, I'm biased. I don't like a VR, so I'm going to oh, say okay. a non-VR game. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, yeah, I just uh, I get real motion sick from VR, so I can't play it if it's VR. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Perry David Van Dillen in chat says the exposure adjustment on the sky is a very nice touch. I totally missed that the first, second, and third times that I watched it, but. As somebody who works with cameras a lot of the time and like trying to expose things correctly because, you know, I record something on my camera and then in post I go in and I adjust the exposure, which is how bright or how dark things are. Um, And absolutely in the sky, you can see where the camera's looking at a thing and it adjusts that like the camera is smartly adjusting the exposure by because the sky is blown out. And so it's it's like reducing the it's either reducing it or increasing i can't remember what happened in the video and it, it like it the little touches like that like when carrie said when the the person covers up the the camera with when they're calling for backup all of that is super super realistic and and convincing to me and honestly if games look like this I, like what was the first game okay Carrie, what's the first game that you saw and you were like, it, it'll never get better than this. This is this is the, as good as it can possibly get. Oh, man, it probably was Crisis. Yeah, it was probably Crisis. Just like looking at all the 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 leaves and the leaves and, and everything. Like also just that it was like mind blowingly hard to run. I was like, oh, this is Endgame. I probably that would be my my first one. What about what about you, Kyle? Um, I didn't have very good computers, so I'm going to go with the, uh, Xbox version, uh, Halo three. Nice. Yeah. I, I can't tell you which one it was for me. Oh yeah. Zombie Jesus in chat says Bioshock. Yeah. When Bioshock came out, that game just absolutely, uh, blew my mind. All right, let's move on. And I want to talk really quickly about, uh, whether or not game pass is hurting Microsoft, because we saw a couple of tweets, although I think this tweet actually got uh, deleted after the fact. But the, the 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 tweet was that basically people were saying that Hi-Fi Rush, which is this absolutely fantastic game that uh, was announced without any like uh, where you like no buildup, like they didn't tell us anything about it ahead of time. The game was done and it launched and it was out. And if it, if you paid for Game Pass, it was included. And then there were rumors that people at Microsoft were disappointed with 
the, the like the sales of Hi-Fi Rush. And a lot of people, myself included, were like, how can you be disappointed with the sales of a game that is included in Game Pass and was not advertised at all ahead of time? It just came out and everybody was like, holy cow, this is awesome. But then it like it's not going to sell on other platforms. And it got me thinking, does Game Pass hurt Microsoft? Because Microsoft is getting X dollars a month from everybody. But, I mean, how many... Okay, here's the question. Kyle, how many games have you bought on your on your Xbox so far? I mean, I don't have an Xbox right now. Oh, jeez, <laughs> I thought that you did. <laughs> Carrie? Um, um, so, I no, I, I, to, be, to be truthful, no. I, if Game Pass didn't exist, I probably wouldn't be playing on my Xbox at all. Yeah, I mean... I have bought two games on my Xbox. I bought Tiny Tina's Wonderland and I bought um, Mass Effect, uh, what are the trilogy thing. And every other game that I'm playing on my Xbox, all of them are on Game Pass. And so, I mean, if I buy a game, I buy it on my PlayStation or I buy it on my PC or I buy it on my Switch. I don't buy any games on my Xbox because I'm like, I don't want to buy it. And then be like, oh, shoot, now it's on Game Pass, meaning I, I didn't have to spend that money. Uh, is, is that the reason why you don't have an Xbox, uh, Kyle? Um, partially. Uh, I mean, I don't see the need most of the time. Um, I don't mm-hmm. even have Windows on most of my stuff. Um, uh, I do have one thing to say about whether it's losing Microsoft money, though. Yeah. Um, I think that it's not losing them money overall but it is losing their game division money how many people have a steam deck install windows on it just because it has game pass i don't think that many yeah i mean there's i see it all the time all the time at at most it would be two million people (laughs) like Um, that would be the most carrie go ahead no, yeah, I, I mean, I agree that the main reason for installing Windows on, on I'm making a Windex is for Game Pass pretty much exclusively, like outside of some like other things, like maybe Genshin Impact because of anti-cheat, you know, being a concern. Um, there's like a few thing, other reasons why they would do that. But um, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I would agree that many people do Windex for Game Pass, but I just don't think that a lot of people do it. I mean, me, myself... I like I prefer Steam OS over Windows on Steam Deck, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But uh, I think that a lot of people get frustrated by the Windex experience. Um, but to your point, I, I see where you're going with it. I just don't know how many people actually do it. Yeah, I mean, I was just using it as a sample, uh, like a sample reference, because we're Steam Deck YouTubers sometimes. So, um, I mean, think of how many people in the world at large that stay with Windows or stay with Microsoft because they have this library of games. Microsoft has transitioned away from the monolithic purchase model and to the service model. And I mean, you can see all the things that, um, I mean, even Windows is advertising to you now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more about like data collection and you as the service rather than you are purchasing a game up front now. So while their game division might be losing hand over foot, Microsoft as a whole is profiting a lot from all the data it can gather, um, all the services it can cross-link into, Windows retention numbers, everything. 
Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I would say that when you when you look at when you look at the the current generation, which I, I hate to include Nintendo in that because it feels super last gen because it came out during last gen and we're expecting the we, we've been talking about the the Switch Pro or the Switch Two or whatever the hell you want to call it for a long time now. Um, but l- let's just include the big three, okay? Um, all of them have a very different strategy for how they want to acquire customers. You look at PlayStation. PlayStation is, we're going to try and get you with exclusives. You look at Microsoft and they're like, we're going to get you with subscription. And Nintendo was like, you can take our system with you when you go places, and none of those three are fighting the same fight. They're all playing a completely different game. One of them is boxing. The other one's playing football. And the third one is playing cricket. None of them are playing the same game. And I think that that's one of the reason that's, reasons that all three of them are doing so well. Although, obviously, one of them is doing uh, much better than the others. I just, I, I, I feel like... As a consumer, I love Game Pass. I think Game Pass is fantastic. But for Microsoft, like I don't know if it's a good bet, especially when you look at the like how all the video streaming services have been kind of changing their tune on whether or not it's a good idea. Like some of them are like, we've actually been losing a lot of money by trying to do this. So whether or not it's good to have a subscription service or not, uh, I don't know. and But I'm curious what everybody in chat thinks about it. I just think that it's like Hi-Fi Rush, like for people to be disappointed in its sales, I can't see how anybody could be because it was included for free in a subscription that people already had. Anyway, let us know what you guys think. Uh, and I think that that does it for uh, this episode of the Nerd Nest podcast. Before we get out of here, uh, Carrie, you put out a video today. Can you just give everybody the elevator pitch on your video for today? Uh, yeah, sure. So the video I did today was on the Asus RG's allies' uh, inclusion of, of FreeSync and why that matters more than just FreeSync and how landscape-based displays on Windows-based handhelds are actually very important. And Kyle, when's your next video or your last video? What 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 what's going on with you? Uh, my next video is secret, but my last video was uh, Hogwarts Legacy's deck dive. Um, I got some pretty good performance, uh, almost a lock sixty in places on the Steam Deck, um, and uh, I included overclocking and undervolting results too. So it's uh, it's good if you want if you actually want to play it on the deck. I definitely recommend it. Awesome. And I put out a video today uh, about the Steam Deck versus the ROG Ally and why I think it's a ridiculous question. So make sure that you guys check out all of these videos and uh, subscribe to uh, CryoBite33 and Fox on on YouTube. And I hope to see you all on the next episode of On Deck, which will be, or not On Deck, that's the old show, whoops, uh, (laughs) of the Nerd Nest podcast, uh, which will be next Tuesday. So you guys stay awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Carrie, Kyle, tell everybody goodbye. See you later. Bye, guys.